from the desk of Commodore Jason Stanford in port. It has come to my attention that the privateer Maggie Moore has taken ship without a government license in the age of sail. It is evident upon first report, which reached me through a series of signal flags, that the privateer Moore intends on acting as a corsair, despite the certainty of failure in any legal proceedings before an admiralty court without the authorization of a letter of mark, without which, I hasten to add, she is prima facie a pirate. I did not approve beforehand of her participation in this endeavor, but it is evident, because the length of the podcast has not increased on a per-cast basis, that the participation of the privateer Moore will result in less time for the other two to talk. This is advisable. In addition, she appears to have a talent for Corsair work, and this could result in some profit to the overall enterprise. Therefore, please take this as a letter of mark, endorsing all that has taken place and anything that could happen in the future, and requesting and requiring E. Jacobs and F. Spring to accommodate and to integrate the privateer more into the operations of the ship they have the, uh, they have the honor to command, uh, sharing with her and willing and requiring any and all uh, who have the honor to serve, to guest host, or to listen to this, to recognize her authority in any and all endeavors and such lawful orders as may from time to time uh, uh, come from this uh, command unto all of you. Uh, nor you nor any of you shall fail in any of this, as you will answer the contrary at your peril. I wish you success, solvency, and seaworthiness. I will watch the horizon for your return. I have the honor to remain, etc. J. Stanford, Commodore. Timeline. I'm Ellie Jacobs, joined by Maggie Moore, whose push-up challenge to Ruth Bader Ginsburg continues to go unanswered. We thank Frank for his dramatic reading of the letter from the Commodore, but make no excuses for him missing this fun, the fun of this week. Hello, Maggie. Hey, Ellie. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners for their comments, both positive and negative, and urge everyone to rate us and leave a review on iTunes. Uh, and also visit our website at takingship.com to please buy a t-shirt or two or three. We'd really love to get the stock out of Ellie's apartment. Also, please follow us on Twitter at at takingship, and that's ship with a P as in poutine. You can follow Frank at at frankspring, me at at maggiem012, and Ellie at at Ellie Jacobs. All right, Maggie, so since Frank isn't here, we can talk about him behind his back, but more importantly, we can actually keep this episode short. So, uh, considering this has been a shockingly dumb week in American history, let alone global history, uh, why don't we actually start globally and talk a little bit about the disaster of the NATO summit that just came to a conclusion this morning? So, I think the morning part is specific in what I think my favorite part of the NATO summit was, was watching the video of Trump talking to, uh, talking about how Germany was owned mostly by Russia. And as you're because watching... that's where they get their gas from. Exactly, exactly. That's truly how people are owned. Where apparently it's only like 9%. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's gas and they have a lot. Who's to say? Mm. <laughs> um, but in the video that I watched uh, on Twitter, you can see... As it's, about, it's about a minute long. I watched it from ABC News. And you can watch John Kelly just like wilt and die in the middle of Trump talking to talking to officials and 
I feel like he's done this several times before. He's done it at um, the UN. Yeah, the UN was a good one. He just puts his head in his hands and he looks away and he just looks so like ashen and yeah. stricken. I want to play poker with John Kelly. Oh, I you could like read I him might like a be book. Able to win. Read him like a book. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm terrible at poker, but I could probably figure right. out what's going on. Yeah. Plus, anyone who makes a strategic blunder of actually working in that White House probably also, shouldn't yes. be gambling in any sh way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, so naturally, everyone has a field day uh, with watching John Kelly just look like he's about to cry. Um, when our it wasn't just John Kelly because uh, Mattis also looked pretty miserable, and uh, Kay Bailey Hutchinson, the ambassador to NATO, also looked her perfect. You know, trying to remain upper, very ladylike. You know, uh, uh, everything about the beauty queens and 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 that kind of stuff. Could put just, a book it, on her head it while she did it. Window. Oh God! It was like a step above her, just being like, "Oh shit!" It's happening. Oh, it's happening. It's still happening. He's doing it. I know it's a very sad trio, um, but Our Lady of Lies, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the huckster, the huckster. Um, what did she say? Was the excuse for John Kelly looking like a bag of dicks? In the middle of the <laughs> breakfast, mind you. This wasn't like at the beginning. Right. In the middle of the breakfast, she said that he was merely disappointed because the breakfast provided was just pastries and cheese as opposed to a real breakfast. I don't, what, so aside from the fact that that's just a load of horse shit and the fact that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is really just a troll at this point, but she's not even trying anymore. No, that's like, not that even a the, good that lie. That was the laziest lie ever. Like, what was, like, you expect the general who spent time in combat and, and you know, he's a four-star general. He's no joke. You think he would, like, you, he was expecting MREs is probably, like, a good thing. He wasn't exactly. expecting, like, a fucking omelet chef and a waffle iron and, well, but he had croissants, presumably. But sure. Like, I, the thing about it is that if, so the clip that I watched was over a minute long. And granted, yeah. Trump was speaking for a lot longer than that. But he looked dismayed the entire time. If you are distracted by the thought of breakfast for over a minute at a meeting like that, that's a different problem. Right. I mean, I'm distracted by breakfast for over a minute most mornings. But I'm generally not in a meeting like that. And yeah, you're not running literally anything. So Literally anything. Literally anything. <laughs> so I feel much more comfortable with you being distracted by croissants <laughs> and oatmeal. Right. As opposed to, like, getting a, like, what kind of breakfast did he want? A full English breakfast? Did he want, like, beans and roasted tomato? Like, what is he, what is he even yeah. talking about? He's Irish, so was he expecting, like, I don't know. Potatoes? Black bread and Guinness or something? I, I guess. I don't actually know. But he was far yeah, I mean, too like, dismayed. She, she could have just said, like, uh, the general, uh, something he didn't agree with him. That explained his grimace. Yeah, or just that it's been a long summit. You know, he's working very hard. What? Literally anything else yeah. other than, like, he was disappointed in the Danish. In any other... Not the country, but the pastry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... As well as the country. Who's to say? Who's to say? They'll just create a new enemy in the Danish. Right. I mean, the reality is, is that, like, anyone at this point in any other administration, even under those circumstances where there's, like, video to just... You can't deny anymore. Their response would have been something along the lines of, well, General Kelly and the president have strong disagreements. That's why the president appreciates his counsel. I mean, that would be true in any other administration where someone of that stature was caught right. looking like that on camera. But mm -hmm. now if you say that, it's pointing out that the emperor has no clothes. Right. You cannot do that. Of course not. Then it breaks everything else. Yeah. Then it's a literal house of cards, Russian nesting doll, choose your metaphor, like all of it collapsing. Yeah, so this is how the, co the NATO conference started. Um, and then it pretty much went downhill from there. 
uh, you know, Trump is a mercantilist, and he's just been trying to get money out of all the NATO countries, which, I mean, let's be honest, the way he's calculating the money being... So the rules are that every NATO country is supposed to spend 2% of their GDP right. on NATO. Uh, that's asking a lot of some of these countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and the U.S. isn't spending a whole lot more than 2%, but bear in mind that we spend like 6%, which is, I don't know, 180 times more than the next highest spending country on our military. Mm-hmm. So we're not a re- really great like base point to go from. Probably not. And Trump is, you know, he's genuflecting and, you know, being a lunatic with the French and the Germans and everything else. And one thing I was reading uh, was that the reason he's so t- tough on the Germans is because he hated his father, who, you know, he's he's German, Drumpf. Right. Um, but more importantly, that uh, Angela Merkel was one of uh, President Obama's favorite foreign leaders. Therefore, Trump has to hate her. Honestly, that checks out. Also, like, uh, I think there's a little thing like World War II that I feel like he feels okay just, like, putting Germany in their place. But honestly, bit. like, I mean, she's a tough female leader. That's hard for him to accept. She's also not conventionally attractive, so he's not someone that he can flirt with and enjoy in a way that he's very familiar with. I don't think he knows what to do with her. And I would imagine, just having dealt with the few Germans that I've dealt with, um, his particular sense of humor does not go over well. Trump has a sense of humor. Supposedly, people find him funny. Who are those people? These are the people who voted for him. Probably. Yeah. I always forget about those people. Yeah. Everybody forgets about them, because apparently... He lost by three million votes is still something that we're supposed to be impressed by and really? think is an important factor in anything because, I don't know, fuck it, Bernie would have won. Absolutely not. Yeah. So that was NATO, um, which then in the end, uh, Trump signed on to the statements about NATO unity and all that. Um, and meanwhile, uh, the Senate, 97 to 2, passed a resolution reaffirming the American commitment to NATO and Article 5. Article 5 is the common defense thing. If you attack one, you've attacked everybody. Woohoo! Um, thank you, Rand Paul and Mike Lee, for voting against that. Uh, the, the 100th senator, uh, John McCain, obviously didn't vote because he's uh, still uh, recovering or mm-hmm. whatever he's doing in Arizona. Um, but yeah, Mike Lee and Rand Paul, good for you guys. Way to, I don't even know what point you were trying to make. Um, what would happen if Rand Paul voted for it? What do you think? Like, would anything happen? No. This nothing guy's got to get a Nothing would have been different. Maybe his neighbor wouldn't kick the shit out of him again. Because mm. you know that's going to happen. <laughs> or literally anyone wouldn't kick right. the shit out Presumably of him again. Presumably he's got two neighbors. So there's at least one more guy ready to oh, kick yeah. his ass. Oh, yeah. That's still one of the craziest stories. Though. Like, there's crazy shit that has happened in the last year and a half. That is really up there with just insanity. I know, and I kind of like it. I got, like, a, I got a lot of weird enjoyment out of it. Yeah, and, like, there are senators who are elderly and not in particularly good shape. Sure. Rand Paul is relatively young. Mm-hmm. I think he's in his you know, late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's in shape. And he got his ass handed to him. <laughs> Probably because he was laying there screaming passive resistance. <laughs> no! Don't attack me! The gold standard. Yeah. 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 So then, so that was NATO, and now the president is in uh, merry old England to meet with Theresa May, um, and then he's going to have tea with the Queen, and then he flies to Helsinki to meet with Putin. I feel so bad for the Queen, but you know what I love? Our organized British citizens working 
to bring up American Idiot on the charts. I think that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so the background on this is uh, the Commodore, Jason Stanford, shared a tweet with us that uh, apparently there was an effort in Great Britain to move up Green Bay Green Day's song American Idiot to the top of the charts for the week Donald Trump is there. It's so good. Which is just so subversive and brilliant and... Uh, and yet so obvious. Like, when you hear yeah. it, it's like, of course that's what you should do. Yeah. Like, I wish I thought of it. Right, like, how has that not been top of the charts for the last year and a half? Yeah, because, well, we're a disorganized group of idiots, so... Yeah, dumbest timeline America. Truly. does not dictate that we American idiots should be number one on the charts. That's, yeah. That's why Kylie Jenner just got a million, billion dollars or some nonsense. 900 bullshit. million, but still. Hoo-ah. Yeah, still. All right, well, speaking of President Goodbrain best words, um, one thing that I've been struggling with particularly as he spends more time in office and does more things to break the norms and be more awkward and just change everything, um, is can we actually recover as a country when he's done? Or has he just shifted everything so far that it'll either take generations to come back to it or now we are in a tailspin towards um, Mike Judge's brilliant movie, Idiocracy? Ah, the most subversive movie that was ever made. <laughs> Genius. I also heard that Michael Moore said that about um, Talladega. Uh, what's the car racing movie? Sorry. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights, thank you. Um, but I digress. Um, honestly, right now, I really don't know. I wish I had an answer. Um, I'm of two minds because when someone comes in and breaks cultural taboos and well-known and established norms that everyone just assumed that we would follow, it makes it a lot easier for folks going forward to continue to break those norms because there's been an upset. The other, on the other hand, humans love routine. They love um, a certain kind of uh, knowing what the rules actually are so that they can engage. So I feel like there's going to be a desire to go back to a system, but I honestly don't know. And I do think that the idea of breaking norms or striving for something different then has ramifications like on democratic messaging and the kind of candidates that we're seeing now, obviously, those like resistance folks, but does that mean that Dems are going to play by a different rule book? I don't actually know. Um, but in terms of damage, I don't think we'll know the kind of damage that's being hap that's happening to, to people in this country for a while, like the children that are being separated from their parents. How are they going to recover? I don't know. Yeah. 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 I I'm, I'm kind of of two minds as well. I mean, on the one hand, it's usually conservatives and conservative Republicans who are the rule keepers, who are the ones right. that sort of work hard. I mean, that's what conserve means. They mm -hmm. try to keep things in line and try to create rules and try to get everybody to play by them. Um, and the vast majority of them have laid over and let Trump rub their belly or whatever else he's doing to their bellies. Um, Gross. So there isn't necessarily a you know, distinct group of people who are going to be able to reestablish norms. Um, on you know, and then at the same time, during the Republican primaries, we saw several candidates try to stoop to Trump's level. Mm -hmm. uh, both Jeb apostrophe, not apostrophe, exclamation point. Yeah. It should have been an apostrophe. Ugh. Why? That would have been just as stupid as the exclamation. Yeah, point. literally meaningless. Yeah. Please clap apostrophe. Yeah, please clap. I'm important. Mommy loves me too. Oh boy. No, she doesn't. Yeah. Um, and then RVS and Marco Rubio being the. The, the premier example of somebody trying to stoop to uh, Trump's level. And then on the Democratic side, candidates have tried to. I don't know that anybody has 
broken through as an idea of doing it other than when uh, the vice, vice President Biden said that he wanted to take Trump out back and beat the crap out of him. Or right. if they were in high school, sorry, if they were in high school, he would take him out back and beat the crap out of him. Which, in all honesty, didn't play particularly well. But if any other politician other than Joe Biden had said it, it would have been even worse. Right. Yeah, who else could have actually even said something like that? Right. No one. Like, I feel like maybe, maybe somebody like John Tester. Mm, maybe. Maybe. What I just find challenging to wrap my brain around is conservatives on a values level um, are looking for, uh, like, tradition. Um, they, they feel safe in, the known, in a known space, in a known area. Um, so I guess maybe it's Trump's message that is playing to that, but all of his tactics were crazy pants. And we're expanding um, how how political folks are playing the game, whereas Democrats uh, or progressive people tend to want new experiences, want to expand horizons, um, and are very then bumfuzzled tactics-wise, um, but want progress. So it, it's like, do you see that 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 kind yeah. of inverse? I like yeah. it doesn't really make sense to me that Dens kind of can't get a grip with new tactics, but want progress. It's like that shouldn't be that hard. Those should go together, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, I think that the, one of the things that I think we really learned from the 2008 um, primaries and election was that Democrats were looking for, well, in reality, they were looking for more of the same, but they wanted to win. And then right. Barack Obama came through with a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why he won. Um, so obviously that worked in 12. And then in a lot of ways, Hillary went back to that pre-2008 sort of mentality and approaches. Right. So when we look at 2020, or even 2018, um, coming up soon, you're looking at, uh, you know, I, I keep a list of everybody who's been mentioned as a potential Democratic presidential candidate, and it's a list of... That's like, a very long list. It's a list of, like, 35 people. Yeah. Um, I've crossed out several, including Jason Kander, who's now decided to run for mayor, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously when you're not running for president, you run for mayor. That's, like, the next step down. Naturally. And um, Al Franken, obviously, is off the list. Bye-bye. Um, and uh, Eric Schneiderman is bye-bye. off the bye Very much <laughs> bye-bye. Um, but you look down that list, and I don't know that there's any one of them who wouldn't look dumb playing Trump's game. Look inauthentic and mm. dumb. And that's really what people look for, is just authenticity. Right. And Trump is so... In, he is incredibly authentic in his uh, inauthenticity. Mm. Like the gilded gold and the hair and the supermodel wife. Like it's That all, yet you know, weirdly connects to a, a class of voters that do not live on that in that planet. Right. I, I don't remember what commentator it was. It may have been, it honestly may have been Peggy Noonan and listeners, if you know off the top of your head, please do tweet at us at, at taking ship and that's ship with a P as in philanderer. Um, Excellent. I think it was Peggy Noonan that said that Donald Trump is a poor person's of idea of what a rich, of what a rich person, person is like. Yeah. Which, I when that. I first heard it, and again, I can't remember if it was Peggy Noonan or not. I don't want to give it credit to Peggy Noonan because I don't want to give Gross, Peggy no. Noonan credit for anything. But it, I was initially, like, insulted by it. I was just like, that's that's wrong. Mm. That, that can't be right. And then, like, it kind of buried into my head, and I was kind of tracks. No, I think it absolutely tracks. He's got flashy stuff, pretty things, yeah. um, and can kind of do whatever he wants. 
um, on a private selfishly. jet. Selfishly. Selfishly, sure. Right. When you don't really, because he doesn't, to to a certain viewer, he doesn't have to worry about, he, has, he worries for nothing, right. essentially, um, which I think is everyone's dream. Right. Um, but kind of getting a little bit more back to um, can we recover from Trump, I think in terms of one of the, one of the trickle-down effects that I'm concerned about is uh, local races, so state houses, um, like even like city councils, like that kind of ripple effect of who we are electing to office can really have an effect. If only nearby we had a political consultant who works on local races. Really? Honestly? That would so be so close, helpful. So close, nearby, wearing a blue polo shirt. Alas, we do not. In our midst, we do not. Um, but not only thinking about like local races or, and state houses and things like that, but also Supreme Court. We don't know what that's actually going to do in terms of tearing down the values that someone like myself champions. So like, how long is it going to take us to recover? A generation? Maybe. I don't actually know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. With that really happy thought. Super happy thought. Super happy thought. And this is a conversation that will continue because... It very much feels like this is, you know, the nexus of politics and culture, which is where we attempt to sail most of our time. Um, but let, let's move on to a couple, to two more things before we call it a day. Um, one is the newly named director of De uh, deputy chief of staff and communications director, mm -hmm. Bill Shine, the former president of Fox News, who oversaw multi hundreds of millions of dollars paid out for sexual harassment claims, I believe if not multi-hundreds, yeah. certainly scores of millions. Um, his wife um, apparently has hosted a radio show, mm -hmm. podcast. Radio show, yeah. Radio show for, for years, and she seeming, seems to be as charming as her husband. What, 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 what is this thing, Maggie, that, that sort of crept up and was shocking today? Yeah, so she's been hosting a show since the early aughts, and I want to say that this... Um, the comments that I'm actually talking about, I believe, were in 2009. So people went a dig in. But basically, she um, she said that women, uh, women serving in the military should expect to be sexually harassed, which is which is pretty dark. Um, the full like, I mean, there's there's definitely some choice uh, comments to pull out. Um, but essentially, she uh, I'm trying to like read through the comment here that she said. Um, uh, I think it's insanity that, that, that there are feminists who are stupid enough to go out and fight in combat. Are you kidding me? Let the men go and die on the front lines. Which also, yikes, let the men go and die on the front lines. That also doesn't sound great. Sounds like a very healthy marriage. 100%. Um, but she says, um, you know there's just a story where these girls, these women who are upset that are sexually harassed in the military, what do you think is going to happen uh, when you go on a submarine for 12 months and 4,000 horny soldiers? I hate to say it, but it's true. They should not even be allowed. Um, which, that is a real hot take. It's also one of the dumbest things you can say. Yeah. yeah. Literally one of the dumbest things you can say. But also, she, I mean, and she goes on for quite a while, and she says a lot, a lot of stupid stuff about um, Obama couldn't get a security clearance. Um, she thinks sunscreen is a hoax. It's, it's really, really, she's, a, she's got several screws loose. And, yeah, like, excellent. it's so good. And, it's like, you know that, like, that that's why they bond because they both believe in wacky conspiracy theories that make us deeply uncomfortable. She oh she claimed that the 2009 flu pandemic could be a setup. Huh? We have an anti-vaxxer on our hands. I'm guessing that the next sentence is that it was brought to you by the Jews. <laughs> oh God, I wouldn't put it past her. Um, yeah, she she has a 
Uh, yeah, said vaccines make children sicker to get people to buy more medication. Um, fully, fully off the deep end. Just And these are all on-the-record public remarks that a normal vetting process would pick up, also pick up all the things that Shine himself has actually done and maybe not hire him, but, like, that's not the timeline that we're living in. No. Absolutely not. No, in the dumbest timeline in America, nothing matters. Nothing matters and everything hurts. Yeah. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, what's, there's, a, there's a line in The, in the Wire. Um, the guy who was a cop and then became a, a, a school teacher, um, whose name I totally can't remember right now, which is upsetting. It starts with a P. Um, he's watching a football game and his wife comes in and says, who's winning? He said, nobody wins. One team just loses more slowly. Uh, fact, uh, one of my brother's friends, his favorite game is Jenga because nobody wins but one person loses. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is dark, but I like that. Yeah, I bought a lottery ticket this week because it's uh, it went over a quarter of a billion, at which, at which point I'm like, spend the $2 because you never know. Yeah. Which is such a, just a great tagline. But uh, my wife asked me if we won, and I said, we didn't lose. Well, we didn't. You're not not wrong. Well, no one won on Tuesday when I had bought the ticket for it. So true. we didn't lose. It's true. Speaking of losing. Speaking of losers <laughs> and people who um, sign on to wacky conspiracy theories. Oh, boy. Let's move to the great state of Alaska. Exactly. Um, not to watch Mystery Alaska, which is currently playing on Amazon Prime, and I suggest everyone watch it because it's one of the best movies of all time. Noted. Um, but the former governor, former vice presidential nominee, uh, which John McCain in that biography that we were talking, the biography on HBO that we were talking about a few weeks ago, blames mm-hmm. on his staff, um, and very much led to our current predicament as a country. Truly. Um, she got bofud by Sasha Baron Cohen, who so apparently good. has been running around the country in disguise filming things for the last year. That's right. And now Showtime is going to be playing this. Uh, the promo that they have that I've seen um, includes him interviewing Dick Cheney and having Dick Cheney sign what he what Sasha Baron Cohen or the character uh, said was a waterboarding kit. Shut up. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And Cheney's response was, I think this is the first time I've ever signed a waterboarding kit. What? He did so willingly? Well, I mean... That's hilarious. Dick Cheney, like... That's so dark. He embraces the darkness, like... Oh, boy. That is some next level. I give him some credit for it, at least. Like, it's not a good thing, but, like, you know what you're dealing with. Certainly not. I mean, now he's a private citizen, so he can kind of, like, not give a fuck, but... Right. Wow. Okay. So That's really Sasha committing. Baron Cohen has been running around the country for the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he got Joe Walsh, um, a slew of other Excellent. people. And again, I mean, he had Donald Trump at some point as well. Um, previously, in the previous show, mm. the Ali G show, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, but Sarah Palin um, apparently felt... Oh, she's pissed. She, uh, she, she was a little um, miffed. That she had been taken advantage of? Just putting that mildly. Which, when I first saw this headline, I didn't actually know that he was in costume. It, to me, it's sort of like when news outlets um, quote clickhole as an actual article, even though it's a satirical news. It's like The Onion, but for clickbait. Right. People frequently do uh, do clickhole. And I was like, oh, does she not know who Sasha Baron Cohen is? And then, I read, and then I read more about it and realized that he was actually in disguise. Sarah Palin claims that 
Not only was she duped, but that a producer dropped her and her daughter off at the wrong airport in D.C. on purpose so that she missed all the flights home to Alaska and was stranded in D.C. for three days. Which, like, sounds fake, but okay. She probably just didn't know what airport she was going to. She probably said, take me to Reagan, because she loves Reagan. And yeah. it was actually a Dulles. Something like that. I don't think a producer would do that to yeah. someone. Well... I mean, I've had producers send cards to the wrong places. Like, that kind of thing happens. But a flight, like, you should, it's not, you know. Like, someone would maliciously JFK, take you. Yeah. If you don't know New York, you kind of think that they're right next to each other. Mm. D.C. They're all may, over the place. You may think that Dulles and Reagan are kind of next to each other, but they're very much not. They're very not. Emphatically and we, not. And you know for a fact that Sarah Palin has been to Washington before. Just once, though. Of course, just once. <laughs> just to see how bad it was. Just just one time. Just one time. Yeah. So you'd think that she would recognize, oh, this this ride is taking a little too long. Yeah, like, why wouldn't you say something? Because National is, like, basically in the city. Yeah. Um, but you have to drive 40 minutes to get to, to get to Dulles. Yeah. And, like, the other one is in a different state. It's in fucking Baltimore. So. Yeah. 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 Which So everybody should tune into Sasha Baron Cohen's <laughs> upcoming lunacy. I think it's called This Is America. I think so. Which I honestly feel like he must have listened to a Taking Ship episode last year, realized we're in Dumbest Timeline America, and realized he has more assets and more talent than we do, mm-hmm. and just ran with it. Not only is it Dumbest Timeline in America, but it's like 2007 Timeline in America, when right. Sasha Baron Cohen and Sarah Palin were relevant. Right, like when was the last time you gave a shit about Sarah Palin? <laughs> or Sasha Baron Cohen. Like also, yes. 2007, yeah. I believe. Yeah, was about was about that time. Yeah. And then yeah. I never thought about them again. I honestly... It was that happier time. I honestly didn't know she was still a citizen. Truly. Yeah. Just take a boat over to Russia. Right, you can see it from your house. (laughs) All right. Well, I feel like, I feel like that's pretty much the the highlights of of the dumbest timeline things that we have. Would you say so? Um, Highlights are just what we want to cover. Highlights, lowlights. It's just, it's what it is. It is what it is. But I feel like we kept it relatively short, which, which is, which is the main point. So, Thank you, then, for, for joining me, Ellie, on our first duo voyage. Um, Actually, this is our second. Oh, I guess it's our second, time, the yeah. The first time you were on as an as, interviewee, yeah. it was just us because, yet again, Frank... What a loser. Yeah. Just, what a nightmare. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that it was the two of us, and I'm yeah. glad that Frank wasn't here. Um, and then for all of those listening, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or wherever you find your lovely podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at, at @takingship, and that's P as in pasta. And with that, Ellie, where are we headed this week? This week, uh, because we don't have Frank to guide us, we put a pause on our war on the seas. Instead, we take ship to Egypt and down the Nile to Alexandria, where archaeologists have uncovered a massive black sarcophagus, the likes of which has never been recovered in all the digs throughout Egypt. At eight and a half feet long, six feet tall, and five feet wide, it's the biggest sarcophagus ever found, and again, it's made of black stone, which they've never seen before. We've seen enough terrible Tom Cruise remakes of bad Brendan Fraser movies to know to leave sleeping mummies undisturbed. So we are headed down the Nile to warn those wannabe Indiana Joneses to leave the goddamn thing alone. No good can come from opening it. It's not like a cereal box with a prize inside. The only thing inside will likely end humanity, which, in all honesty, eh, maybe it's not a bad idea. But nonetheless, friends, we take ship to Alexandria and our place among the Ptolemies 
to warn against opening, opening gigantic sarcophagi. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.